and welcome to episode 22 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Eddard chapter 4 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. So the news today, it's nothing really that has to do with Game of Thrones besides it's one of the actors. Um, Amelia Clark just sold her Venice, California home for $4.4 million. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Apparently she lost money on it. But congratulations for selling your home. Yeah, okay. Lost money. That's it. All right. The Martin message today, he announced that the 2022 A Song of Ice and Fire calendar with art from artist Aranza Sestayo, he just released the cover of it. The calendar will feature 13 new illustrations of the world of Westeros. The cover has an illustration of Daenerys with a dragon on her lap, and it's like this beautiful stained glass in the background. Absolutely gorgeous. I will post a link so you guys can check it out. You can get this calendar starting July 2021, but pre-ordering is open now, so I will put the link in the show notes so you guys can go check it out and order one if you'd like. Cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. All right, so um, we don't seem to be getting a lot of listener answers for our discussion questions, So we've decided that we're not going to have it be a regular segment. It just doesn't seem to be working for our podcast right now, which is totally okay. But um, if you guys do end up answering them when we post them, we will read them. We just wanted to let you guys know that it won't be a regular segment if we don't get answers. Like, if we don't have any answers, we're not just going to read the questions for y'all. So, yeah, but feel free to answer them after the episodes. And last episode, we were with John at Castle Black after a fight that he had with some of his fellow brothers of the Night's Watch. Um, He sort of got his ass handed to him by Noye and realizes that he's been acting like he's better than everyone. He has another conversation with Tyrion as well, and he finds out that his brother Bran has woken up. Mm -hmm. Today, however, uh, Ned just entered King's Landing and is quickly summoned to do his new job. And he learns some interesting information while he's doing his new job. And then also, Baelish has a surprise for him, and some serious weighing thoughts are made. So, for our wine, um, we already have it poured. We actually were going to... We did the Spumante. I believe it's Andre Spumante. Yeah. Um, It's the champagne that we actually just won our little... Um, debate on Be Hero Fights. Um, we've posted that everywhere, so you guys can check that out. We also thought it would be kind of a good one for the, you know, in the spirit of the new year. Yes. So, mm-hmm. it's a pretty... Celebratory. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and the wine rule for today, remember we're doing one wine rule from um, John Bonet's book, The New Wine Rule. So, today's rule number two is forget the best wines, drink the good wines. The author states that over the past 20 years, the best wines have become far too expensive. Now, this isn't to say that you shouldn't drink them if you can, but we shouldn't worry about buying the best wine. The best can be good, but not all the time. There are thousands of very good wines that have not been named the best, so to speak. The author suggests learning everything you can about these somewhat forgotten wines he, and then he ends this rule with saying, interesting and well-chosen is better than fancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, don't feel bad if you're drinking yeah. a $2 bottle of Arbor Mist. Or you got or some Franzia in a bag. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. 
let's get into let's it. Let's get started. This is going to be a little bit of a longer one. Yeah. So, Eddard just got, like, him and his party just got back to King's Landing. Um, he enters the Red Keep, sore, tired, and hungry, and irritable. Probably from his long-ass journey mm-hmm. yeah. from the from the north. Um, I wanted to go over what the Red Keep was. The Red Keep is the castle on Aegon's Hill in King's Landing. And remember, a few episodes back when we described King's Landing, there were like three hills on which Aegon built King's Landing, and Aegon's Hill is the highest one of the three. And that's where the Red Keep is. And the Red Keep contains the Iron Throne, and this is where the royal family lives. Currently, it's the Baratheons. So, Eddard's back from his long trip. He All he wants is a hot bath, a warm meal, and a soft bed. But, no, no. <laughs> Grantmaster Pycelle's steward came up and said that they are holding an urgent small council meeting. Um, Ned says it would be convenient to hold it tomorrow, but eventually he was like, all right, whatever, I'll attend. I'm going to get into what the small council and who Grandmaster Pycelle is in just a minute, but um, there's a little bit more of dialogue here that I wanted to go through. He tells Pycelle's steward to give him just a few minutes to change and freshen up before heading to the meeting. The steward says, of course, and informs him that they have given him Lord Aaron's former chambers. And remember, Lord Aaron was the hand of the king before Ned. And then he says that he shall have Ned's things taken there immediately. On his way to the chambers, Ned sees his own steward, Van Poole. And we remember him from Winterfell. He served under Eddard there and traveled to King's Landing with Eddard. And his daughter was Jane Poole, which was one of Sansa's very best friends. Ned informs Poole of the small council meeting and instructs him to help his daughters find their bedchambers and to make sure they stay there. And he explicitly states that Arya is not to go exploring. <laughs> he knows his daughters very well. Yeah. He then turns back to Pycelle Steward and tells him that he needs appropriate garments as his wagon carrying all his belongings are still straggling through the city. So the steward heads out to do his bidding and Ned heads to the chambers to freshen up. And then after that, he heads to the small council meeting. Now, before we dig into this meeting, I'm going to go over exactly what a small council is, all the positions, and who holds those positions. So, the small council is a group of advisors which advises the king based on their expertise. And there are seven different positions with seven different expertises. So, as we know, the hand of the king is currently Eddard Stark. And we've kind of discussed what the Hand of the King does, so I'm going to kind of skip over it, but basically the Hand of the King is the chief advisor to the king and the head of the small council. Next, we have Grandmaster Pycelle. He is the head advisor on Masters of Lore and Wisdom. Pycelle himself has served in King's Landing for over 40 years. He has sparse hair that runs around his bald-spotted head. He has a long, snowy beard that runs down to his chest and a broad stomach. Pycelle often strokes the beard, which hides his small mouth, missing teeth, warts, and wrinkles. Ew. He has pale, roomy eyes. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I think, like, beady, I would say. That's how he looked in the show, anyways. Anyways, um... His maester's chain consists of two dozen heavy chains wound together to stretch from neck to breast. Its links contain brass, bronze, copper, iron, gold, lead, platinum, silver, teal, and tin. And it's decorated with amethyst, black pearls, emeralds, garnets, and rubies. I don't remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but a few, um, 
like in the beginning of our podcast, Quite a while ago, yeah. we talked about like the different meanings of the different types of chains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll post a link to what those mean again, just as a refresher. I don't really want to go through it now because it's a lot, but it's a lot. <laughs> I will post that so you guys can peruse. Maybe we'll do an episode just on Maester's stuff, which would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, Pycelle is known to bend the vows of his order to suit his needs including the needs of the flesh and dabbling in poisons and politics with a few with a skill few masters dare to approach. He also enjoys sweetened ice milk. Okay. <laughs> He's an interesting fellow. Yeah. <laughs> um, next is the master of coin, which is Lord Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger, and we already know about him from last episode. The master of coin is the head of treasury and finances for the kingdom. Next, we have the Master of Laws, and this position is held by Lord Renly Baratheon. The Master of Laws is overseer of law and justice for the kingdom. And we've already kind of discussed Renly, but just a refresher that he is the younger brother of Robert and Stannis Baratheon. And speaking of Stannis Baratheon, we have the Master of Ships. So Stannis is the overseer of the Royal Navy. And we haven't really talked about Stannis, so I'm going to do a quick overview of him. He is the second son of House Baratheon. Robert is his older brother, and Renly is his younger. He is a large man, very tall, broad, sh- broad shoulders, and sinewy? What does sinewy mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Stannis has dark blue eyes and a heavy brow. His head has only a fringe of black hair, like the shadow of a crown, and he has a close-cropped beard across his large jaw. His face has a tightness to it like cured leather, and he has hollow cheeks and thin, pale lips. Um, It's said that he is serious, stubborn, rarely forgiving, hard man with a strong sense of duty and justice. He is proud and protective and is an accomplished commander, sailor, and warrior with no thirst for battle. Um, So no wonder he was made master of ships. Sounds like he's done a lot of that in his life. He knows how to do it. Yes. And then we have the Master of Whispers, which is Varys. And we already know who Varys is. He's the eunuch that has all of his little spies. Um, little birds. Yes, his little birds. So makes sense that he's the Master of Whispers. The Master of Whispers is the spy master and the head of intel- intelligence. Like the CIA. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then <clears throat> last but not least, we have the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, which is Lord Barristan Selmy. We did talk about him a little bit. He's the one that Bran wanted to meet so badly when he got to King's Landing. Commander of the Kingsguard is the chief bodyguard of the king and advisor in martial affairs. So that's the small council. Um, Now we're going to get into the actual small council meeting. So Ned enters the small council chambers and he's describing how they look. So he says they're richly furnished, carpets are all over the floor, In one corner, there's hundreds of paintings of beasts. The other walls have tapestries hung on them, and the door has Valerian sphinxes carved into it. So a very, like, ornate room. Yeah. Um, As soon as Ned enters the room, Lord Varys, the... Which, (laughs) this is... I thought this was funny. In the book, it said that Lord Varys is the council member that Ned liked the least. Hmm. And he is the first one to approach Ned and said... Lord Stark, I was grievous sad to hear about your troubles on the King's Road. We have all been visiting the Sept to light candles for Prince Joffrey. I pray for his recovery. Which. Whatever. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? So Ned comes back with this awesome reply. 
And he goes, your gods have heard you. The prince grows stronger every day. <laughs> kind of a little bit passive-aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Just a tad. Just a tad. He's like, yeah, but what about my daughters? Um, he moves on and walks over to Renly, who greets him and says, I see you have arrived safely, Lord Stark. Ned says that he looks just like Rapper, and Littlefinger chimes in and says, yeah, but Renly's better dressed. <laughs> Littlefinger then greets Ned and says, I have hoped to meet you for some years, Lord Stark. No doubt Lady Catelyn has mentioned me. So this is, I feel like this is kind of important. This is the first time Ned's meeting Littlefinger, yep. who was a lifelong friend of Catelyn, his yep. wife. Kind of a big deal. Ned says, yes, she has, and... Then says, I understand you knew my brother Brandon as well. And he's, and Littlefinger says, rather too well. I still carry a token of his esteem. Did Brandon speak of me too? And Ned says, often and with some heat. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Trying to take his wife. Yeah. So, yeah. so obviously he's not going to be happy with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple more jabs at each other. And then Ned cuts off Baelish and says, Maester Pycelle, I trust you are well. Maester Pycelle says, yes, but we should start this meeting already. Because he's afraid that he's going to fall asleep if he doesn't. <laughs> Everyone takes their seats, um, with the king's seat being empty, and then Ned apologizes for keeping them all waiting. Then Varys says, you are the king's hand. We, are, we serve at your pleasure, Lord Stark. Eddard had a strong feeling that he did not belong here. He remembered what Robert had said to him in the crypts of Winterfell. And he had said... <clears throat> I am surrounded by flatterers and fools, speaking of his small council. He looked at everyone and wondered which were the flatterers and which were the fools. And then Ned was like, wait, there's only five of you. Shouldn't there be two more? And shouldn't Robert be here too for the meeting? Varys then informs Ned that Stannis went to Dragonstone shortly after the king went north. And Sir Barristan is with the king. Ned suggests that they should wait till Barristan returns, but Renly said that it would be a long wait and that they shouldn't wait for him at all. And then Renly says, All this business of coin and crops and justice bores my royal brother to tears, so it falls to us to govern the realm. He does send us a command from time to time. So it seems like, I don't know what you guys think, but it seems like Robert is a very absent king. Yes. Mm -hmm. And leaves the an understatement yeah Yeah, it leaves all of the important stuff to his council his council yeah which i feel like he should be more present if he's the king but agreed anywho renly then pulls out a rolled up paper and says this morning he commanded me to ride ahead with all haste and ask grandmaster pycelle to convene this council at once he has an urgent task for us so then littlefinger pulls out a piece of paper which has this urgent task, whatever this is, and hands it to Ned. Ned opens it, and this is his urgent command. The king says that we must stage a great tournament in honor of Ned's appointment as Hand of the King. Which, if we all know Ned, this is probably not something that he wants to do. Yeah. You know? Nope. He's there to do his work. He's there to do his business. He doesn't want to be... Showboating. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't want tournaments thrown for him, but... Whatever. Then Littlefinger asks how much this is all going to cost. Ned reads from the letter, 40,000 golden dragons to the champion, 20,000 to the man who comes second, another 20,000 to the winner of the melee, and 10,000 to the victor of the archery competition. 
So Littlefinger is kind of doing the math and he adds it up to 90,000 gold pieces just for the prizes. That is not including the costs of food, cooks, carpenters, servants, singers, jugglers, and so on. Then Maester Pycelle asks if the treasury will bear this expense. And this is where things kind of get a little concerning for Ned. Littlefinger laughs and is like, what treasury? You know that the treasury has been empty for years. Then he informs the council that they will have to borrow money for the tournament, stating that the Lannisters would be willing to pay and that they already owe them three million dragons. So what will another hundred thousand or so be? Dang. So they're three million dragons in debt to the Lannisters. Yeah. Okay. Brown is. It gets worse. So Ned is shocked and says, are you claiming that the crown is three million gold pieces in debt? And Littlefinger says, oh, nay, nay. They are more than six million gold pieces in debt. The Lannisters are just the biggest part of it. But we have also borrowed from Lord Tyrell, the Iron Banks of Bravos, and several Tyroshi trading cartels. Not to mention that he has turned to the faith for it also for help. So they are six million gold pieces in debt, yet the king still wants to hold this tournament for Ned. What? Yeah, that's insane. Oh. Like, and so Ned was also astonished and was like, didn't Aerys Targaryen leave a treasury flowing with gold? How did this happen? And Littlefinger's kind of just shrugging and says, the master of coin finds the money and the king in the hand spend it. And Ned was like, wait a second. I know Lord Aaron, and there is no way that he let this happen. Pycelle agrees and says, yes, Aaron was prudent, but the king seldom listened to his advice and just spent the money anyways. And then Renly chimes in and says, my brother loves tournaments and feasts, and he loathes what he calls counting coppers. So he doesn't really care that yeah. they're in debt. Yeah. Six million pieces of gold in debt. Yeah, Are you kidding? Insane. Okay. Yep. So Ned just kind of says, okay, I'm going to have to talk with the king because this tourney was an extravagance that the realm could not afford. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Lord Renly basically told him that he could speak to him all he wants, but they should probably still make their plans because if he knows his brother, he knows he's not going to take the advice. Right. So Ned kind of snaps back a bit too harshly, telling him that they can just leave that to do another day. Um, and he kind of catches on to how harsh he was being by the looks on the other people's faces, which I'm sure would have been obvious if he had just snapped at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of makes a mental note that he has to remember that he's no longer in Winterfell where only the king stood higher, but here now he was the, um he was just the first among equals. So he had a whole group where he didn't necessarily like he did stand over them, but not necessarily in a big way. Um he then kind of asks for forgiveness from all of them and says that he's he's super tired obviously from his his journey um and they he calls a halt for the day and says that they can resume when they're fresher um and he didn't ask for their consent he just got up and walked out (laughs) i mean he's in charge of the small council so he can do what he wants yeah exactly um so then outside um wagons and riders were still pouring into the castle gates um and the yard was chaos Um, And Ned was told that the king had still not yet arrived. So after what happened with the kids at the Trident, um, the Starks had been riding ahead of the entire group to separate themselves from the tension that they now 
had with the Lannisters. Probably a good well, choice. <laughs> and not yeah. now had. This isn't necessarily new, but it was more fresh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Robert had barely been seen on the journey, and the talk was that that was because he was traveling in the huge wheelhouse, um, drunk as often as not, and that this would put him hours behind, but he would still get to King's Landing too soon for Ned's liking. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, all Ned had to do was look at Sansa, and he could feel the rage stirring inside of him once again. Um, the last fortnight of their journey had been miserable. Sansa blamed Arya and said that it should have been Nymeria that died. Arya was lost after hearing about the butcher's boy. Sansa cried herself to sleep. And Ned dreamed of a frozen hell reserved for the Starks of Winterfell. <laughs> um, That's just sad. Yeah, it's... That was rough. <laughs> I bet that whole... I couldn't even... Could you imagine that no, journey? That would have oh. sucked. Um, so he was walking towards what he thought was the Tower of the Hand when Littlefinger kind of just appeared in front of him and goes, you're going the wrong way, Stark. Come with me. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, Ned follows hesitantly into a tower, down a stair, across a small sunken courtyard, and along a deserted corridor. This is not the way to my chambers, Ned said. I've already been there. I know. <laughs> um, Baelish kind of snaps back and goes, did I say it was? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going there. Um, I'm leading you to the dungeons to slit your throat and seal your corpse up behind a wall. We have no time for this, Stark. Your wife awaits. Who? My what? <laughs> um, what? And then, you know, Ned's just like, what game are you playing, Littlefinger? Catelyn's at Winterfell, hundreds of leagues away from here. <laughs> um, and amusement glittered in Baelish's eyes. I kind of liked that little description because I literally, like pictured it i pictured yeah baelish's like, little worm face he's like i know something yeah i know something you don't know <laughs> um so he goes oh then it appears someone has managed an astonishing impersonation for the last time come or don't i'll keep it for myself <laughs> baelish because he knows yeah he knows about he's very good baelish's love yeah. for catlin yep. Um, so Ned continues to follow, and he kind of was just wondering if the day was ever going to end. <laughs> he just wants to go to sleep. Yeah, he literally <laughs> just wants to go to sleep. Um, they continued on outside of the castle and even climbed down a rocky bluff. When they got to the bottom, Baelish had horses waiting for them to ride the rest of the way. Um, so they rode for a while, um, and when Baelish finally stops in front of a ramshackle building of three stories, timbered, and its windows were bright with lamp lamplight in the gathering dusk. Um, it had a ornate oil lamp on a heavy chain with a globe of leaded red glass next to the door. Um, so I would assume that that would kind of be the giveaway that it's a brothel. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously angry. Ned dismounts and goes, a brothel? You brought me all this way to take me to a brothel? <laughs> and Baelish just goes, your wife is inside. <sighs> Ouch. So that, that's the last straw for Ned. Um, he, slams, he slams Peter back against the wall and shoves his dagger up under the little pointed chin beard. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and he even says, Brandon was too kind to you. So he's mad. He mad. Clearly. <laughs> um... Ned hears footsteps behind him when an urgent voice calls out saying, my lord, no, he speaks the truth. 
Um, and Ned turns around and sees an old white-haired man hurrying towards them. Um, he was dressed in brown, rough spun, and the soft flesh under his chin wobbled as he ran. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> um, he and, and, you know, Ned starts to go, this is no business of yours, when suddenly recognition hits him, and he kind of just goes, Sir Roderick? What are you doing here? What? Where's your beard? Yeah. Um, Castle nods and says, your lady awaits you upstairs. And Ned's lost at this point and said, Cat's truly here. This isn't some strange jape of little fingers. And he sheathed, he sheathed, sheathed, man. Obviously, I can't say that word, guys. He put his blade away. He puts his, is it? (laughs) He sheathed Sheathed. his blade. He sheathed. You got it. His blade. Okay. <laughs> um, and Baelish goes, would that if it were, Stark, follow me and try to look a shade more lecherous and a shade less like the king's hand. It would not do to have you recognized. Perhaps you could fondle a breast or two just in passing. <laughs> Baelish! Blend. Blend. Blend in. Just fondle a couple breasts. <laughs> just act like a weirdo. Um, so then they went inside a crowded common room where a fat woman was singing body songs, body songs, body, body songs, (laughs) while young, pretty women, um, in linen shifts and wisps of colored silk pressed themselves against their lovers and dandled on their laps. Wow. It is a brothel. It is a brothel. Anyway, (laughs) um... No one paid Ned the least bit of attention when he was in there, which is kind of funny because... He's the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they kind of have their hands full. Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, ah. That's a knee slapper ah. right there. I can't. <sighs> anyway, um, Roderick waited below while Littlefinger led Ned up to the third floor um, and inside, Catelyn was waiting. She cried out when she saw him and ran to him and embraced him fiercely. So, so cute. We let it um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, Ned kind of whispers, and they said he whispered in wonderment. He goes, my lady. I don't know why. I just f- thought that was funny. I just picture him going, <gasps> my lady. My lady. <laughs> so honorable, it's like disgusting. Yeah, literally like ew. Um... And I'm assuming he's whispering in wonderment because he obviously still can't believe that she's there. Yeah, yeah dude. It's real. Um, yeah. And Littlefinger goes, oh, very good. You recognized her. I just <laughs> I just felt like, dude, shut up. Please. He's just, <laughs> the, he's just a quick wit. The sarcasm. Yeah. Goodness. Oh, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Never. <laughs> um, so Kat says that she feared that Ned would never come. Um, and she says that Peter had been bringing her reports and that she had heard about the trouble with the kids on the journey to King's Landing um, and asks how the girls are. Um, and Ned just replies that they're both in mourning and full of anger. And he's like, Kat, I don't understand. Why are you Why are you in King's Landing? What happened? Is it, is it Bran? Is he dot, dot, dot? And we all know what he's thinking when Dead. he was... Yeah, he's thinking that he's dead. I mean, that's where your mind is going to jump anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably would think the same thing. Um, And Kat just tells him that it is Bran, but it's not as you think. So, again, Ned is lost. (laughs) He needs to go to bed. He's, like, really slow this chapter. He's so out of it. Um, He goes, then how? Why are you here, my love? What is this place? 
So Baelish, being Baelish. Oh my gosh. Again, chimes in and says, just what it appears, a brothel. Thank you. Thank you, Baelish. He goes, can you think of a less likely place to find a Catelyn Tully? I mean. He smiled. True. And says that, as it chances, I own this particular establishment, so arrangements were made very easily. I am most anxious to keep the Lannisters from learning that Cat is here in King's Landing. Why? Ned asked. Um, he then saw his wife's hand, his wife's hands, and said that they, the way she held them, and the raw red scars, and the stiffness of her two fingers, her last two fingers on her left, is like what gave it away. Um, so he says he looks, he takes her hands, and he's like, "You've been hurt," and he turns them over so he can see like the inside of them, and he's like, "Gods, those are deep cuts, a gash from a sword, or how did this happen, my lady?" Pause for a second. So. Are they still not telling Ned that Bran's awake? Like, yeah, he's like still left in That's the dark. That's a good point. Do you know what I'm saying? They just kind of brushed over that, and now they're talking about how she got injured and like the I'm yeah, assuming the dagger and stuff. Even... Like, does Catelyn know that he's awake? Because he woke up after Catelyn oh. was already gone. Oh, Catelyn doesn't know he's awake, and they can't send a raven to Catelyn. You're when right. She's there. So he, she doesn't know right they now. Know. That I'm sure Ned is about to find out. Okay. Probably get a. You're right. John got one. You're right. Okay. So, Thank no, you. Catelyn doesn't know. He okay. woke up after she. So Catelyn doesn't no. know. Yeah. Therefore, she can't tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got that makes it. Sense. Okay. Okay. Got it. Fair enough. So anyway, so after he asks how it happens, um, Cat slides a dagger out from under her cloak and places it in his hands. And says that this blade was sent to open Bran's throat and spill his life's blood. Um, Ned's head jerked up when he heard that. And all he really gets out is, but who? Why would? <laughs> He's what? like half asleep. Yeah, literally. I just hear him like, I, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, she puts a finger up to his lips and literally just says, let me tell it all, my love. It will go faster that way. Listen. Basically, shut up and yeah, listen. Stop asking questions. Don't Let's interrupt talk. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he listened and she told it all. Um, Bran's wolf had saved his life. And what was it that John had said when they found the pups in the snow? Your children were meant to have these pups, my lord. And he had just killed Sansa's. And for what? Was it guilt he was feeling or fear? If the gods had sent the wolves, what had he just done? So, okay. I just want to put in again. The only people that know Bran is awake right now are John, are John, Rob, and Rob, Rob, and all the people at Winterfell. I would imagine that probably. Like I would, I would be surprised if they didn't know it already. Like the little birds. Yeah. They're surprised yeah. that they wouldn't know and he sure, wouldn't say anything. I am sure that Varys knows. But yeah, he yeah, did not tell be... Ned yet. Because... I, I wouldn't mean, be like surprised. Yeah. Ned's so, probably going to get a raven. So. Bran's parents don't know. No. His sisters don't know. Nope. Anything. Only John knows. Only John and Rob. Yeah. And little Rickon. But he's like three. Yeah. So he doesn't really know what's going on anyways. The wolf knows. The wolf knows. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Just send the wolf all the way up down to yeah. the south yeah. and Absolutely. let everyone know. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, so um, then Ned's thoughts go to the dagger, and he's kind of confused. He's like, why would Tyrion even want to harm Bran? He's never done anything to him or anything. Um, and Littlefinger said, there's no way that Tyrion could have acted alone when he did this. This had to be something bigger. Um, 
And then the thought, you know, grows through Ned's head. He's like, the thought that the Queen or King can be involved irked him because he's like, okay, like maybe the Queen, but not the Robert. Yeah, yeah, not Robert. And then he's like, wait. And his and his thoughts go back to the talk that him and Robert had um, about sending hired knives to kill Daenerys. And then he goes to like, oh yeah, he also killed all of the Targaryen children, you know, Ray. Um, and butchered them in the streets like they and were just animals. So not to mention Robert had been talking about wanting to kill Daenerys. That's who what I was just a said. child. Yeah. That's what I just said. Oh, never mind. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Can Good I start God. that one over? No. It's okay. I'll cut that out. Um Dork. Yeah. <laughs> so he also killed the Targaryen children and butchered them like animals. Um Littlefinger says, most likely the king did not know. At least that's his opinion. Um, and then Ned had thoughts of the butcher's boy about him literally being split in half. It's like, okay, well, you know, clearly he's able to do this. Um, he's had the thoughts. And then he goes, well, we have, we have the knife as evidence. And Littlefinger goes, you do have evidence, but that knife actually cuts both ways. If you think about it. If you, tell, if you say that the imp, it's the imps... He's going to say that it was stolen. Mm-hmm. And if you accuse the king of treason then, or the mm-hmm. queen, you'll dance with ill and pain. Who is the king's justice. Who is the king's justice, so yeah. he'll be killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Littlefinger goes, I think you should just toss it in the river. <laughs> and I think it's really funny what Ned says to that. And he goes, I'm a Stark of Winterfell. My son lies crippled, perhaps dying. He would be dead, perhaps Catelyn with him, but for a wolf pup we found in the snow. If you truly believe I could forget that, you're as big a fool now as you were when you tri- when you took took up swords against my brother. Oh, okay. So th- that the was good. Starks are going yeah. through it. But I think it's funny how Ned's just like, do you really think like I literally just found wolves in the snow and then that saved my wife and my child just by happenstance. You think I'm just going to throw away something that I have just by right. happenstance? I'm going to hold on to everything. I'm going to be a pack rat right now. Right. And gain as much evidence as I possibly can. And you're an idiot. And Baelish kind of comes back and says, I may be a fool, but at least I'm alive and your brother's not. Um, so, and Baelish is like, I'm getting tired of trying to keep you Starks alive. And the only reason I'm helping you is because of Catelyn. And for some reason, I think it's kind of funny, he's like, some reason Catelyn has grown a liking to you, so I guess I, I have, have to, to like yeah, you. I have to like yeah. you, I have to help you. Um, and Catelyn chimes in and says, also, I told him about how we think John Aaron's death is also something, you know, that needs to be looked into because we don't think it's just as they say yeah. it is going right that it is, it right is. there's more to the story there is there's there's something else going on there um and then ned asks okay so does varus know all this stuff like did you and catelyn goes well i didn't tell him you know i'm not an idiot i wouldn't tell him all this stuff but that man scares me because <laughs> he, she's she talks about a, a little conversation that she had with somebody else and varus already knew the conversation before yeah anyone yeah. else She's like, so I don't even think it's just his little birds. I think that man is, like, possessed or something. <laughs> She's like, there's no way that he would have known this stuff, and yet he does. And Bayless chimes in and he goes, leave Varys to me. He wouldn't want his little secrets out either. So I have more on him than he has on you or whatever. Okay. So 
You or know? so you think. Yeah. And so you think. Yeah, and he's like, just don't, you know, don't worry about him. I got him. Yeah. And so Ned goes, okay, Catelyn, you need to return to Winterfell at once. You need to go back there. You can't be here. And Catelyn's like, well, I wanted to see the girls. Mm-hmm. And Baelish goes, there is, that is super unwise. The Red Keep is full of more spies than anywhere else in the kingdom. Yeah. Absolutely not. You can't go see the girls. And the brothel she's in might as well be as too. Like, we don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we don't know. And so Catelyn agrees and is like, okay, like, I understand, like, it sucks. But, so yeah. she hugs Ned um, and Baelish jokes and he's like, um, need like a, you guys need a bed chamber or something? I can leave. You know, okay. I could just go. And Ned just kind of tells him to shut up. <laughs> and Catelyn grabs Baelish's hands and, and thanks him for everything that he's done and that she won't forget it. And then Ned also goes, well, thank you, Lord Baelish. And he goes, oh, well, that's a treasure. <laughs> God, I hate him. <laughs> he's so sarcastic. He's it's just so just, wormy. Yeah. Um... Then Ned tells then Ned tells Catelyn to send word to the northern houses to refortify themselves and arm up arm up in case there is a war. And I'm going to read a pa- passage from the book just because it was just so much in there. War, the fear was plain on Catelyn's face. Out, it will not come to that. Ned promised her, praying it was true. He took her in his arms again. The Lannisters are merciless in the face of weakness, and Aerys Targaryen learned to his sorrow but they would not dare attack the North without all the power of the realm behind them. And they shall not have. I must play out this fool's masquerade as if nothing is amiss. Remember why I came here, my love. If I find proof that the Lannisters murdered John Aaron. So he's basically saying, like, okay, they'd have to be complete idiots to attack the North mm-hmm. without the rest of the realm helping them. The North is too big. Mm-hmm. I think we've covered this mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But... He's like, I'm basically, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do some investigating. And I'm going to go through some stuff and see what I can find. You need to go back to where it's safe in the north, mm-hmm. where she's actually protected. Um, and Ned says that I, he comes to the conclusion, he's like, I have to, I just have to go talk to the king. I just ha- he's my friend. And all I can do is I can hope and pray that he is the man I once knew and not the man I fear he has become. So he's afraid that if he goes and talks to him that he'll accuse him of treason? Well, right? no, I kind of, but he's he's just saying I hope that he's still my friend. Yeah. I hope that he's still not just a king. Yeah, not just a king and not being, you know, torn up by these Lannisters or whatever. I hope that he is the man that I remember yeah, him to be. That I grew and up not with. the one yeah, yeah, and not the one that I fear he has right. become. Right. So that's how the chapter ends. So now we know Ned's going to stay there. and So we're wondering if Catelyn's going to stay or go. No, Catelyn's right. going to leave. Catelyn's leaving. So Catelyn agreed she's going to leave. She's going to Winterfell. Okay. She agreed with that. She's not going to see the girls. Ned's going to stay and do some investigating. And okay. Baelish is going to help him. Got it. Got it. So. And we don't know where the king is right now. <laughs> yeah, the king. He's, he's just off drinking in his He's still on his way. I just yeah. think it's funny that, that Ned got there, did Before. a small council meeting, freshened up. And the got the girls sti- to their chambers. Yeah, and the king still is not there. Traveled he, all the way to a brothel. Exactly. Like how far? I, I mean, he might have been there by then. I don't know. <laughs> True. Who knows? Still. Yeah. Um, so the questions that we have this week, and we're just going to discuss these. If you guys want to answer them, feel free to, but you don't have to if you don't want to. So what do you think the significance of the throne being in debt to the Lannisters is? What do you think about that? I think that plays a bigger part than... Yeah. I think that that's huge. 
Yeah. I'm trying to form my thoughts here. Because <laughs> that's a loaded question. Well, because... How do you... Hmm. I need a minute for that. What if the Lannisters, like, cash in on that? Right. Yeah, because they what, would... Do you well, cash what if in they would with land. Think, it would be lands, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think that I think that it has to do with like Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to like form my thoughts here cuz I have a thought in my head. I have another thought. What? I wonder if that's the reason why um Robert another reason why Robert is was going to make Jamie warden of the east. Mm. Because they're so in debt. They're so oh. in debt that they like owe them. They're like, well, what if you forgive some of this debt if I make him one of these? I also think the Lannisters are so willing to give money to the throne for a reason, so that they can get <laughs> to the favors throne. back. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, they hold. I think the Lannisters hold a lot of power, even though they're not the royal family. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, they are. No, well, well just ca- a big just, chunk of them. Just yeah. Cersei. Cersei. Cersei, and then Jamie's right there. Because Jamie's, Jamie's in the Kingsguard. Yeah, but he's not part of the royal family. No, but I'm just they're just they're part they're in it. They're, I know, they're, but they're, I'm saying he's, yeah. the Lannisters yeah. are not the royal family. The Baratheons are, yeah. but the Lannisters are kind of just like right above on their shoulder. Like here's money. Like here's they're money. paying them. They're paying them to get paid back with more power and yeah. more favors. Like yeah, money holds a lot of power yeah. in the realm. <laughs> Green makes the world spin. Yeah. Okay, so the second question I have is why is Baelish hiding Cat in a brothel? And I think he pretty much. I think that. I was like going to say he said because it's the last place Catelyn would be thought to be. Yeah, is a brothel. You're not going to go looking for Catelyn Tully. No. In but, a brothel. <laughs> but I also think it's foolish at the same time because there's a lot of people there. Like, what if Pisa- it just takes one to look and go? And then I was going to say, Catelyn- what if Pycelle's little dirty butt came in and saw Cat? Yeah. <laughs> a little dirty butt. <laughs> or any of the little birds. Well, the little birds already know. I was yeah. there, but I no. I have a feeling Varys knows though. Oh, Varys knows, for sure. Like, there's no way. Yeah, he Varys doesn't. Uh, so my next question is, what do you think of Ned's de- decided course of action to go to the king? Do you think that it's smart of him to go to the king and talk to him about it, or stupid? And well, that's the first part of that. So just let's I see what that. I think he should have thought about it more before deciding yes. to go to the king. I think he, he should do his research before. He needs to weigh the pros before. and cons and mm-hmm. like make sure that he's not gonna accuse Ned of treason. Mm-hmm. You know. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I think I th- I don't think it's either smart nor stupid. I just think he needs more time to figure out who the king actually is right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think he, I hope he doesn't yeah. go straight to him. I hope right. he does some research first. Right. But he just, I mean, I don't know if he's going to or not. Right. I think that it's its foolhardy in the sense that Ned is almost assuming that people are like him. Right. Like the honor thing. Yeah. He's just assuming that Robert's like him. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Especially when he's the king now. He and can do whatever he wants. It's pretty obvious with people, you know, trying to kill children when they're sleeping and all that that honor is really taking a back seat honor here. is dead yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but not to say ned needs to get rid of his honor right yeah um and the second part is do you think that he should have listened a little finger and tossed the blade no i don't think so i don't either. think you should have tossed it it's evidence i just to no. me to me that's just i mean 
Peter's literally saying just to forget about it. And and I, I, I guess I understand like he doesn't want to start those like all of those problems to get started and like they he doesn't want Ned to potentially be accused of treason, but to me he there's still a possibility that um said assassin since they were killed and never came back and Bran is still alive, whoever sent said assassin is going to find out that Bran is still alive and could send another one. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. So if they don't address it, and if he were, he, if he were to just ignore it, yeah. it could have, it could happen again. Ned yeah. had mentioned that too. That was another reason why he told Catelyn yeah. that she should go back to, to Winterfell. Yeah. Is because it, you don't know. I mean, they're going to know that it didn't succeed because Bran's alive. And yeah. she needs so. to be in Winterfell to help out Rob, who has no idea what the hell he's doing. So far, he's doing pretty good. Though. I he's know, doing well, but, but still. He's still <laughs> he 14. He needs his mom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Running 14. a whole the north. What? A whole north. Of the whole north. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a whole the north. <laughs> I think that one of the things that kind of got me, like, kind of, I don't know, uh, heated... I guess heated probably isn't the word. Maybe scared was him telling all the North to start arming and like he took Robert he, or Rob. He, what? Rob? No, Ned. He told oh. Catelyn to send word to these people. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, he told them to like you need to get more. Like I didn't read the whole list, but you need to get more archers. You need to refortify. You need to make sure that everything is solid right now. And so creepy. Yeah. So. That just that just freaked me out. But um, we are. That's all the questions I have. Awesome. For right now. All right, um, guys. Make sure you follow us on our social media. So on Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, we are Game of Wines One. On YouTube, we are Game of Wines podcast, and then on TikTok, we are also Game of Wines One. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Tyrion Chapter 3, so make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thank you for listening.